0: They borrowed a bed to lay his head when Christ the Lord came down. They borrowed the ass in the mountain pass for him to ride to town. But the crown that he wore and the cross that he bore were his own. The cross was his own. He borrowed the bread when the crowd he fed on the grassy mountainside. He borrowed the dish of broken fish, with which he satisfied. But the crown that he wore and the cross that he bore were his own. The cross was his own. He borrowed the ship in which to sit to teach the multitude. He borrowed a nest in which to rest. He never a home had so rude. But the crown that he wore and the cross that he bore were his own. The cross was his own. He borrowed a room on his way to the tomb, the Passover lamb to eat. They borrowed a cave for him a grave. They borrowed a winding sheet. But the crown that he wore and the cross that he bore were his own. The cross was his own. gospel of luke we read these wonderful words concerning our lord's resurrection now on the first day of the week very early in the morning they and certain other women with them came to the tomb bringing spices which they had prepared but they found the stone rolled away from the tomb then they went in and did not find the body of the lord jesus And it happened, as they were greatly perplexed about this, that, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. Then, as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still in Galilee, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and on the third day rise again. And they remembered his words. Then they returned from the tomb and told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest.
1: Thank you, choir. Did not they sound good? Let's give them a hand. Well, I'm ready to go home. I got my message this morning from the choir. He arose, right? Amen. Amen. Praise God. Let's bow our heads and take a moment of silence and ask God to bless the rest of the meeting. Father, we are thankful to be here. We're thankful to be in the land, the land of the free, so we can proclaim the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior. We are thankful we have a living Savior to worship and to be proud of. Now, we ask you to bless the word to our hearts. May it be your voice to our hearts and none other. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, if you were sitting in my seat here in the first meeting and listening to the two brothers that stole my message this morning, we have two thieves here, and they are sitting very happily in the church. I don't know what to do with them. Ken not and, uh, and uh, uh, Adam Knoll And I said, what am I going to preach about? But thank God they stopped a little bit in the first verses and they didn't continue. And Ken was supposed to continue and ask God to stop him, Lord. And he stopped, okay? So I will deal with them after the meeting, though they are bigger than I and taller than I. But I will deal with them anyway. Now, on a serious note, the Holy Spirit is in his church. And they started what we need to continue. And this is why we don't choose the message. God chooses the message. So let's open our hearts this morning and open our Bibles. I hope you have your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew, Chapter 28. Continuation. Gospel of Matthew, I'll wait. Chapter 28. Those who are not with us, this is a beautiful section in the Word of God. Verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, which is the end of the day, As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to look at the grave. And behold, a severe earthquake had occurred. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled away the stone and sat upon it. And his appearance was like Lightning and his garment as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. And the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who has been crucified. He is not here, for he has risen just as he said, Come. See the place where he was lying. And go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he's going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. We will stop here. And may the Lord bless his word. We are more than privileged as Christians, to worship a living Savior who has conquered death and the grave and who is alive evermore. Amen to that? Because Christ lives in our hearts, he lives in his church. And it behooves us this afternoon as his children to approach him with reverence, acknowledging His presence in our midst with praise from hearts filled with thanksgiving for defeating Satan, conquering death, and silencing our fears. By his resurrection, we have now the assurance of eternal life and the pleasure of where he is, we may Be also live with that, dear Christians. I want to talk about the joy of resurrection and the voice from an empty tomb. There's a message of joy from that tomb, four words. If you want to stay with me till 4 o'clock, we'll cover them all. If you want to go home, we might cover two only. But let's, let's go. First of all, first of all, the word of the angel who said, fear not. Fear not. This is the glorious message from the empty tomb. Fear not. And someone mentioned. That, and it is here, I think Ken, that the angel was sitting on the stone. And I may I ask you a question: who moved the stone? Is it the earthquake? Could be. But our God can move mountains. And he moved the stone. And the stone was not moved, so to let Jesus out, He is the creator of the whole universe. He didn't need any help to get out. It was moved for you and me to see that the tomb is empty. Remember that. Remember that. Our enemy, or our enemies' sin, the curse death, are beaten. And this is why he was telling the two Miriams, do not fear or fear not. Ultimately, they can no longer, those enemies of ours, they can no longer start mischief in our lives. They can bother us. And they still behave as though the game were not decided. And the battle not won. But let me assure you of one thing. As the man of God once said, that's wrong. The battle is over because Jesus took the stingers out. I read a story last week. About a little boy and his father were driving down a country road on a beautiful spring afternoon. Suddenly, out of nowhere, a bumblebee flew in the car window. Since the little boy was deathly allergic to bee stings, he became petrified. But the father quickly reached out, grabbed the bee, squeezed it in his hand, and looked at his panic-stricken son and pointed at his hand. There, still stuck in his skin, was the stinger of the bee. Do you see, he told his son, do you see this? You don't need to be afraid anymore. I've taken the sting for you. And this is the message of Easter today. We do not need to fear death anymore. Christ faced death for us. He went to that dark place. And by his victory on the third day, we are saved from sin and death. Christ has taken the sting. For you and for me. And we can say, oh death, where is your sting? And we are going to sing it, mind you. Soon when the trumpet shall sound, we shall sing that. Oh death, where's your sting? And oh grave, where's your victory? We are victorious. We are victorious for him. Because Christ has taken the stinger in his body. He is risen. Fear is gone. New life is ours. The first word that's the message. When our blessed Lord entered heaven, listen to this, and laid on the throne of God the eternal record of his visit to our land and the accomplished work. You and I, you and I, believers, Please listen to that. We entered with him. This is a most glorious truth. Divinely executed. Between father and son. To dispel from our hearts. Every anxiety. Every doubt. Every fear. And every thought. What a Christ do we have. And he is risen. Indeed. And now we are raised with him. Isn't that what Ephesians 2 6 says? And he raised us up with him and seated us, confirmation, seated us with him in the heavenly places where in Jesus Christ. Rejoice, Christians. This is the message, this is the joy of resurrection. We can sing with the hymn writer Bill Gaither, it is finished. What? The battle is over. It is finished. There be no more war. It is finished. The end of the conflict. It is finished and Jesus is Lord. The other message, quickly, from the empty tomb, he is risen. We're here sitting, celebrating. Oh, it's Easter. I love the word Easter, but I love better, it's Resurrection Day. Because we are celebrating the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. His resurrection declares the glorious triumph of redemption. Which is the key to the Christian faith. The bedrock of Christianity is Jesus rising from the dead. He died for our sins and thank God for that. He rose for our justification. MacIntosh said, and listen to that, it was a blessing to me, I want to share it with you. Quote, it is this that sets the burdened heart free and liberates the struggling conscience. The scriptures assures me, he adds, that Jesus was nailed to the cross under the weight of my sins. But the same scriptures assures me that he rose from the grave without one of those sins upon him. He left them all. All sins pardoned and buried to be remembered no more. What can we say to that? Say with me. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, what a great Savior. Yes, he lived and died, as the hymn says. And we sang it, to buy my pardon. And an empty grave is there to prove that he lives. If you seek Jesus, they heard the voice of the enemy. If you seek Jesus, Do not go to his grave. So many people take a pilgrimage to Jerusalem, to the Holy Land, and go to his grave. I've been there myself. And I sat. I sat in his tomb. Empty tomb. And you know, I sat. I was saved. I enjoyed it. With with, uh, smiling that I have a living Christ, a living Savior. You won't find him there. And do not seek The dead amongst the living. That's what the Bible tells us. And isn't it striking? And listen to this. That after the disciples were convinced that he had risen and he's up with them, they never thought of visiting that tomb. At least it's not in the Bible. When you find it in the Bible that, that the 11 people went and took and took flowers and put it at his tomb okay you come and talk to me no one thought of that There's a, and why should they it was only a temporary incident in the life of our lord jesus christ for a couple 3 days because of you and of me because he needed to take our sins And bury them forever and ever. And your iniquities, he says, I will remember no more. He did that. It's a a passing situation. It was only an incident. A temporary halting place in the experience of our Lord when he was visiting with us. Someone said... The disciples did not esteem it above any other place. They never thought of the empty tomb. It's an empty tomb. They did not bury it beneath tokens of affections. When I was in Jerusalem, what is it, 45, 50 years ago, when I was there and I started walking the Via Dolorosa, there are so many shops and so so many people were trying to sell me a piece of the cross, that that little thing. I said said to one of them, I said, I am saved, and it's been almost 2,000 years. How long is this cross going to last (laughs) when you take piece after piece after piece every day? And they're still selling them. Now, after this first Sunday evening, the disciples were done with the tomb. And they were busy working for their living Savior. Why should they give their time to an empty tomb? And if you visit any grave, most probably you did, you will see many writings there. Here lies so-and-so, born this year and died this year, and flowers and so on and so forth. But on the grave on the tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ, there's no writing. What can he be right? Here lays the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. What is he doing there? He doesn't belong there. He's up in heaven. He's not to be contained in a tomb. We don't have a dead God. We have a living God. We have a living Savior. All other prophets and so they named them gods. They're all dead. And they're all now dirt. Except the Lord Jesus Christ. He died and rose again to give us eternal life. Remember that. There's nothing written on his tomb at all. On every tomb, yes. And all these people who died, all the gods who died or the prophets who died, they died and died for good, except those who had hope in the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. They asked a believer one day in Jesus Christ, said, What do you want? To have written on your tomb. He handed them a piece of paper. He said I want this. And I will read it to you. The end of a traveler. On his way to the new Jerusalem. Take that. If we die. I'd like to have this. I said it's my temporary abode. Until I meet him in in the air. And better yet. I was sitting here while the choir was singing. I said, wouldn't it be wonderful, Lord, for you to come and take us from the church altogether. We don't need to have an inn, a temporary abode in that grave where he lay. He's alive. Yes? Yes? He is alive. He has the power to give life. He has the power to give life. You know, when Martha met him, when he was coming to the tomb of Lazarus, he told him, if you were not here, my brother wouldn't have died. He said, Martha, afterwards, I am the resurrection and, not life, the life. Without him, in other words, there is no life. And my question to you this afternoon, do you have Jesus in your life? Because without him. It's a false life. It's a hopeless life. It's a thankless life. It's a life without joy. It's a sad transit. But with him, life forevermore. Paul brings this fact to the philosophers on the hill of Arios Pagus, Mars Hill, they call it. He says... He himself gives what? All life and breath and all things. He is the giver of life. And you could not contain him in a tomb. Even though they put this big stone, which the angel was sitting on, and most probably I... I agree with you, Ken. The angel was laughing, he says. He was looking at them, he says. He was sitting on the stone. And you know, the guards. I read about the guards. They chose the most elite guards to guard the tomb. And with, with a just a stroke of, like this, his hand, everything was changed. And the guards were on the ground like dead people. He was laughing at the power of man versus the power of God. And we heard about that during the breaking of bread. He is the giver of life. In him was life, John says. And the life was the light of men, John 1.4. Every person he touched, every heart he entered, he changed and breathed a new life, his eternal life. And that's the joy of the resurrection. That is life. If you don't have Christ's life in your heart, you are not living. I say it with all humbleness, with all respect. You start living when you experience the life of Jesus Christ in you. I started that up over 50 years ago, and I told you about that. And ever since I took the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior, he changed my life. He gave me a new life. I'm a happy man. And you know what? You seldom see me unhappy, right? Regardless. Thank God. What? Because Jesus, when he enters a life, he changes it and gives you true happiness that you can never find in this present world. This is Easter. As I said, I'm not going to be able to cover all the points. But I want to to come to an end in five minutes with this. Are you looking to have a happy Easter? Everybody will say, or yes, we want to have a happy Easter. We're going to go have with the families a happy meal and so on. But do you want the joy of the new life? Do you desire his victorious life? Do you crave for the power we heard of of earlier in the meeting over sin that is torturing you day and night? Do you want to overcome all that prevents you from the resurrection of a new life? Yes, you tell me. Okay, I have a simple answer. You need Jesus Christ. The living God's incomparable great power that brought Jesus from among the dead is able to bring you from all the ashes that you are in. The same power that sent The earthquake that rolled the stone away, that brought Jesus from among the dead. This power that has been with the church ever since, that gave the disciples who were fearful, that gave them power. They were hiding. But when Jesus rose from amongst the dead and he gave them the power to go, they went back. He said, Stay in Jerusalem. They stayed in Jerusalem, the place where they were just kicked out. They were afraid to be there. They killed their master. They killed their leader. But their leader rose amongst amongst the dead. And they made their headquarters in Jerusalem. And there they started Christianity until today. Fear was gone. They have now a living leader. And they went around preaching the gospel everywhere they went. And Christianity took charge of the whole world. And we are the results of what Jesus Christ started that Sunday morning. The same power is yours today. I want to make this. If you deliberately decide in your heart. That you're going to bury your old self. Your old life. The torture that you have. The sadness. The empty. The empty life. This power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the tomb is yours today. And you know, because he promised, he said, he decided to die at that moment. And he decided before he died to Rise from the dead after three days because he's God incarnated, he's himself, he decided. And he, he what? Did he fulfill his promise? Yes. Answer me. Did he fulfill his promise? Yes. Amen. You, the stone couldn't stop him, the elite guards couldn't stop him, the, all the Roman Empire couldn't stop him, all those. Priest, The high priest couldn't stop him. No power on earth could not stop him and keep him in the grave. Because he is God and you cannot contain him. You cannot contain him. He could not be stopped. However, however, if you're looking for an excuse for living the same old life that you want to live and go and party, you will find it. You will find it. But let me tell you this. If you're looking for excuse, you have many excuses. There are numerous people and things you can blame. Why? You cannot take Jesus. Take this new life. Accept him and this new life to change you and have eternal life. Salvation through Jesus Christ. You have these excuses. You can blame society, it says. Your spouse. You can blame your children. You can blame your parents. Your neighbors or some hypocrites in the church. You can blame bad breaks. The wrong side of the bed. If you don't find any, any excuse. You can blame circumstances or your tough childhood. So many. I had a tough childhood. Excuses are endless to reject the living Savior. But if you want to be resurrected to a new life, let me tell you this. You will be. Nothing can stop you. That choice is yours. If you're not sincere, you will always have an excuse. If you don't want to face the fact, you will always have an excuse and live a life below mediocrity. But if you want to live a successful life, a victorious life, you will say, yes, alone I cannot make it. I need the living Savior. And take him and go celebrate Easter. If you're genuine, and this is my plea to you, and I hope everyone is genuine, you will not be stopped. You cannot stop a real resurrection and make this each Easter a new beginning of a life that will never end. Amen? Let's bow our heads and ask yourself this question. We're going to sing a couple of verses from a hymn before we go. But before we do that, it says, If you're serious and you want really to celebrate Easter the right way, it's having Jesus in your heart. Having Jesus in your life. The resurrected Jesus who gives you life now and life eternal. Don't leave this place. Take him as your savior. Take him as your living friend who walks with you through all the experiences in life. And gives you victory everywhere you go. Just, if, you, if you're away, if you need to say this prayer, Lord Jesus, here, I give you my life on this Easter day. Take me, change me. Give me victory over sin, and you become my living Savior. While Dean comes up here and leads us in a couple of verses, verse 1, first verse and last verse of hymn number 260, hymn number 260. Because he lives, all fears are gone. While you're praying, while you're asking God, look at these verses to have mercy and open your heart. And this way you can enjoy with an open heart Easter altogether. Gloria will lead us verse one and verse two and it is it is there. God sent his son. Can we stand up and sing it? Those who can stand can you stand up? Pardon our heads. Father, we commit this word to the hearts of many people this morning, this afternoon rather, and we pray that we'll not forget, forget at all what the Lord Jesus Christ came for, why he went to the grave and rose victorious to take our sins away and give us eternal life. May each and everyone here, those who ask you into their hearts and those who need you, we pray that they will not leave here nor quit before they have a living Christ in their lives. Bless each and everyone, our families, and give us a wonderful day, the day that we call Easter Day in the lives of each and every one, Dismiss us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I wish you all a happy Easter. May the Lord be with you and give you a great day.